listening to the Bible 126 show. Romans chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. Romans chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. It is true that God is kind and compassionate. His mercies endure forever and his anger lasts only for a moment. However, God is not a cosmic granddad that we can toy with. Although his love is great and indescribable, he is not a fool. You can't pull the wool over his eyes. God always judges sin, every time. To assume that God will not judge our own sinfulness because he shows kindness to us in this moment is a dangerous presumption. God always judges sin. God always judges sin every time. The sin is either judged on the individual or it is judged on the cross. If God didn't judge sin every time, he would be a liar. If God didn't judge sin every time, then Jesus died on the cross for nothing. God has zero tolerance for sin. If God does not judge sin every time, he would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. If God does not judge sin every time, he would have to apologize to the generation of Noah. If God does not judge sin every time, he would have to apologize to Adam and Eve. If God does not judge sin every time, he would have to apologize to Anias together with his wife, Sepharia. But the truth is, God always judges sin. We live in a generation just like the generation of Noah. We live in a generation just like the generation of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sin is celebrated in our generation. Sin is celebrated even in churches in our generation. But just as God judged previous generations, he will also judge this one. I marvel, I marvel, I truly marvel at the way people live in this age and generation. They live with absolutely no regard that one day they will have to stand before the almighty God and give account for their life. The word of God says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that he shall also reap. Hebrews 9:27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. We don't appreciate how fragile we are as human beings and how quickly we can be facing judgment. How quickly we can be facing the judgment spoken of in Hebrews 9.27. When I was in my early 20s, I was into bodybuilding. I wanted to be on the Mr. Olympia stage. And at that age, I used to think that I was literally indestructible. But the older I got, the older I got, the more and more I began to realize how fragile I was. People who I knew, people who I grew up with, people who I knew personally began to step from this life and into eternity. Life is fragile. And the older I got, the more I began to realize that I, me, me, 
was not always going to be on this earth. Why? Because life is fragile. Do you understand how fragile you are? Human beings are fragile beings. We can be here one second and quite literally, quite literally, a second later we can be gone. That is how fragile we are. Before we even know what has happened, we can be in eternity. God always gives us the opportunity to repent from our sins and turn back to Him. And if we do, He will accept us with His infinite mercy. Isaiah chapter 1 verses 18 through 19 shows us the extent to which God is willing to work with us. And He made a call to all saying, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as a scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Here, it occurs to me as if God, who will cleanse us from our sins, is more desperate than us to clean us. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God says, Come now. The Hebrew word for come is halak, which means to go, come, walk. Here in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, come is a summons for the recipient of the message to approach the speaker. In this case, the speaker is the creator of the universe, God Almighty. You have been given a royal invitation to come to the Lord. Although God does not force people to come to Him, God strongly urges people to come to Him that they might receive His pardon and forgiveness of their sin. Look at the next phrase in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Let us reason together. The Hebrew word for let us reason together, yakash, means to decide, a judge, prove, and argue. The idea is that of a legal process in which each party maintains his own case. God the proceeds proposes to present to you and me the grounds on which he is willing to forgive their sins and bestow his pardon. God describes the terms for pardon in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 through 20. In the main focus, there is obedience to him and his word. However, after that, if you don't want to meet the terms that God has made and decides to harden your hearts, the next verse immediately records our judgment in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 20, which reads, But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. In Romans chapter 2 verse 5 through 6, what Apostle Paul tries to explain is that a hard and impotent heart is the target for the wrath of God. To be impotent means to be unrepentant, unremorseful, unapologetic, and shameless. We have in this time multiple generations of people who are shameless about their sinful practices. And this is exactly what it was like in the age of Sodom and Gomorrah. Luke chapter 17 verse 26 through 30. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sowed, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. 
Even as the world seemed to continue in the normal routines of life before the flood and the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus said there will be some sense of normalcy in the world when he is revealed. We have in this time multiple generations of people who are shameless about their sinful practices, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Unfortunately, we now even have people in the church that are unremorseful, unapologetic, and unrepentant even after listening to the undiluted word of God. The grace of God is largely taken for granted in this generation. When a person hardens his or her heart against God, he or she is ignoringly storing up the wrath of God. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1 says, He that being often reproved harden his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You will have to answer for every one of your thoughts words and actions. God will hold you responsible for everything you say and do and the motive behind it all. He sees into the depths of your heart and there is nothing that is hidden from him. No one will take responsibility for anyone else's actions before the Lord. Individuals will have to account for how they live their own lives. Now, we have all the time to ourselves. But then we will be face to face with the Creator to whom we must give account for our lives. We must understand that in this life there are certain things that no one else can do for us. For instance, no one can get saved on your behalf. Neither can another sinner volunteer to be punished for your sins. God will render to everyone the full reward for their works. He will reward not only good works but also evil works. God has the reward for both in his hands and will not fail to give it to everyone as each person deserves. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 through 12, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. There is a sure reward for rebellion and hardening one's heart against God. God's kindness is meant to turn us away from our sins, not to make us continue in them. God loves sinners, but he hates sin, and that is why he is patiently giving them time to repent so that they will not be condemned to hell. Apostle Peter explains this better in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, when he said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We must therefore take advantage of the patience God is exhibiting. Those who refuse to repent from their sins are only storing up God's wrath for themselves. God will express that wrath on the day of wrath. Repentance is open for all. Charles Spurgeon writes, Repentance is a discovery of the evil of sin, a mourning that we have committed it, a resolution to forsake it. It is, in fact, a change of mind of a very deep and practical character, which makes the man love what once he hated and hate that once he loved. J.I. Packer writes, Repentance means turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. In 
And as our knowledge grows at these three points, so our practice of repentance has to be enlarged.